when we've got these corporate nine to five heads and hats that we're known for, and then we've got this spiritual side that we are at our core, I found merging them together to begin with kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I realized that I've always been that spiritual person anyway. I've always been that person. I've always been visualizing. Even when I was managing business support programs, I was still visualizing the outcome of a conference or you know all of this stuff it's just that I wasn't sat in a boardroom saying I'm having a divine download and we definitely shouldn't invest that amount. Hey there welcome to Jam with Jen Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Beth Hewitt. Beth is a spiritual performance coach, speaker, author, and the host of Visualize You Show where she tells the transformational stories of people who have taken a leap to follow their true soul's calling. Manifesting for the first time at at just four years old, she specializes in gratitude and the power of visualization, helping people go from unfulfilled to passionately living their life's purpose with clarity and clear intentions. She does this via her Visualize and Thrive Framework and Membership through spiritual entrepreneurs or for spiritual entrepreneurs. So welcome Beth. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more, um, or I guess share with the audience a little bit more about you and what your, your purpose with your work is. Sure. So like you say, I'm a spiritual performance coach, um, but I've not always been that. And, and we're going to talk about kind of the many different pivots that I've actually had on, on my journey. But I'm, I'm really about helping people go from feeling unfulfilled to really passionately living their life purpose, because it took me a long time to take that leap of faith on myself. And I really want to cut that curve down for other people, because it's miserable being uh, unfulfilled and not doing what we, we want to do in the world. But yeah, I use visualization a lot. It's been a big part of my life, um, visualizing, like I said in the intro, at the age of four years old. And um, yeah, I just want to help people get really clear on what they want to do in their life, move forward with that, take action towards that and start living their dream life. Just out of full curiosity, mm-hmm. at four years old, was it something like massive that you had manifested or what was it? I mean, to a four-year-old, yeah, it was really massive. It was a red bouncy castle. I think you call them bouncy houses in, in yes. the US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a red bouncy castle that I'd manifested all for myself um, because the day before I'd gone on this bouncy castle and there were just loads of bigger kids that were just bashing me about. I couldn't get my foot in, I, you know, just really, you want it to be a really nice experience, don't you? Yeah. Oh, you'll be jumping. And I was getting knocked about and couldn't stand up. And I, when I came off, I said to my dad, tomorrow we're going to go on a red bounce castle. I was very clear that it was red. Um, and I'm going to go on all by myself. And he said, that's not going to happen. And I took that upon myself to visualize with the imaginations that we have as children. Uh, we kind of forget how to do that as we grow up. Um, but yeah. we, yeah, so I started doing that, uh, using all of the sensors, imagining what it would feel like to be on that bouncy castle. And the next day, uh, when we were going home, um, we came off the motorway, um, cause my dad always liked to take kind of sh- 
shortcuts but they ended up being longer cuts and we were like going down these country roads and there in the distance was this great big red bouncy castle in this field there'd been like a fair uh, going on in this farmer's field and cars were coming out of there but we drove in my dad asked if I could go on because the kind of fair had finished and he said yes and that was my first experience of manifesting pretty instantly um, and so that something woke up in my soul that day something lit up and and I realized that actually when you focus your attention on something that there's something in this um and so it's played a bit of a part of my journey ever since so (laughs) that's 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 pretty amazing actually (laughs) it's a nice story yeah um so tell me a little bit more about your pivot into this like where you started how you got to um to doing this type of work sure so I mean, when people ask me this question, I never really know where to start because I feel like the whole journey has just been one constant pivot. So yeah. you know, even even from school, I didn't I didn't want to continue with college with my friends. I wanted to do something different. I then quit that and started working. So I worked in banking for a little bit. Then I quit and went to univer- back to university, decided I wanted to be a teacher, did teaching for a little bit. Then they decided I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. And there's been just like a series of those so I've worked in manufacturing banking Mm -hmm. chemicals births marriages and deaths project management um and everything in between that you can possibly think of but um that was me not having the confidence to do the thing that was always calling me and and thinking that I was gonna find that fulfillment in somebody else's world or working for somebody else or in this other career and so I just I knew that I knew that I was on this journey I knew that there was something that I wanted to be doing in the world but I didn't know how to get it because you don't get taught how to be spiritual when you're at school you don't get taught to be a spiritual performance coach you don't get taught taught any of that and so I could see I was on this conveyor belt and I didn't like where it was heading and so it took a long time to get to where I am today but there were I would say there were two pivotal pivots if I can say that um one was I was working in policy and governance and I'd been in that role for about six seven years and I felt stuck so even though I'd done all of these pivots before I'd kind of it was like late 20s to my early 30s I'd got a standard of living I got a really decent salary everything was good on the outside you know if anybody was looking in they'd be thinking I got this perfect life but I was so miserable inside and but I felt stuck and it took me the longest of times to actually get out of that role and the way that I got out of that role was actually it was almost like somebody else took over my body essentially because I had gone into this spiral of depression and anxiety and I physically couldn't get out of bed anymore and, and go to work and I didn't know I was going to do it the night before but the, the next day I wrote I was off with work-related stress and I'd been off for about 10 weeks. I really didn't want to go back. And something just made me write an email and say, I'm not, this is it, I'm not coming back. And they kind of accepted my resignation, but they, they were like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Um, but I had not spoken to my partner about that. It was literally that kind of something else was going on. <laughs> um and it was afterwards when I like told him and then that the realization it was like well how are we going to pay the mortgage how are we going to do this how I was going to do that and I was like I don't know but I can't physically do 
this anymore. I'm never going back. I can't do that. So that was the first pivot. Yeah. Um, and not having anywhere to go, not having a job, not having an, a clue at all what it was I was going to do. So that was scary. Yeah, I was um, going to say sounds scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it wasn't as scary as the thought of being stuck there forever. Yeah. You know, it would got to that point where there was nothing scarier than that. Mm-hmm. When you've been in those dark, you know, that dark depth of depression, there's nothing scarier than that, thinking that you're going to stay there forever. So I had to do it. There was no, I had no choice but to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, yeah, I, I can, can understand like what you mean by that. And then you said there was another really second or a second then pivotal. Yes. Moment. So the second one was more intentional, which is the bit okay. where, you know, the work that I do now with, um, with my clients is creating that vision in great detail, creating an action plan and working towards that, you know, working yeah. through all of that to get to that, that destination. Um, so I, I'd left that, the other job, um, and I just started sending CVs out here, there and everywhere. And I got an interview for this, this job, which I ended up, um, doing for the next, six or seven years so that was um, a project manager job and I was managing business support programs up and down the country here in the UK helping other businesses to grow online digitally and I did lots of variations of that program so a women only one one for manufacturing companies one for pre-starts and it was it was great I really enjoyed it all that time though I was helping other people fulfill their dreams and not (laughs) doing it for myself but I'd really built my network up which was great yeah Um, and I think I'd done it five times and then the next kind of program was going to come on board and my employer said do you want to do it and I was like no and they're like why not I'm like I've done it to death now you know I love what I do I've really enjoyed it it's been the best time but I need to do this for myself now and so I made that decision again, like I had the vision, I had the plan, I knew what my business name was, but I didn't know what all the component parts were going to be. <laughs> so there was a little bit of like, not sure, but mm-hmm. I knew I'd already been through that previous situation of taking a leap of faith on myself when I had nothing, when I had no idea at all. And that had worked out okay. So now I'd got that kind of resilience and thought, well, it, it worked out okay last time what could possibly go wrong and what can what's the worst that can go you have to go find another job that's the worst that can happen right so that was the second kind of big pivotal moment where you know which has led me to where I am today essentially that was yeah. two and a half years ago yeah okay I love <laughs> that you said that like what's the worst that can happen you can just go find another job because that was literally my mindset too when I left corporate America and it was like mm-hmm if worse comes to worse, like I'll just go back to working in corporate America. Like mm-hmm. there's, there are jobs I have experience, I have connections. Um, and thankfully I haven't needed to do that. Um, but I think when you get into that mindset that what's the worst that can happen. Mm-hmm. And especially now, like there are so many companies hiring that you can make that change. And I think that's why so many people are pivoting out of, of out of their careers, at least in mm-hmm. the U S today. But and I think that's the thing. I think if you've always been somebody who's always paid your bills on time, just because you're not earning the same amount of money, doesn't you won't you don't lose your morals. You don't lose mm-hmm. your moral compass because you're doing something different. You you will find a way. And so I think you don't change who you are. You just find a different route to, you know, doing the thing that you need to do. So, yeah. Yeah. 
the leap is scary sometimes, but it's like, it it's is. beneficial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the net somehow always appears when you do, when you do jump. So yeah. um, where did you, when you were making those big leaps um, or the two main pivots, did you have any, did you have certain people who you kind of leaned on for support or people who really supported you through that transition? Um. I mean, my, like my family have always been really supportive. So I'm really lucky in that respect. I remember my mum that, that day when I'd quit the first one, I went up to my mum's and she was like on a driveway and I was just in floods of tears. And she was, why are you crying? And I was like, cause I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And she was like, yeah, but this is what you wanted to do. You know, this is, this is it, this is amazing. Well done, congratulations. So she was support, mm -hmm. even though she didn't know what I was gonna do either. She knew that it was the right thing to do. So I'm really lucky that I've got, you know a really supportive family. Um, I'd obviously worked in the business support arena, you know, for the mm -hmm. almost a decade before that. So I had a lot of contacts. I knew a lot of people. Um, so I knew the business support landscape really well. Um, but I think I'm my biggest cheerleader. I think, you know, I'm pretty good at cheering myself on uh, because of mm -hmm. all those various pivots and other stuff that's gone in the past. I'm quite resilient. So I think I supported myself as well, but it's always nice to have people in your corner cheering you on as well. Oh, absolutely. It just gives you that little bit more of support mm -hmm. um, that you need. Um, did you have any critics at all as you're making those transitions? I think if I had any critics, I didn't know about them because I, I, when I was younger, I used to have like a lot of critics, you know, at school, even my teachers would put, my, put me down, my peers would put me down. Um, I would get bullied and so I think when you've been when you've had that experience you draw that you learn how to deal with that so when it came to making these transition and pivots I don't feel like I had any critics but I think that's because I've built up the boundaries and the walls and I, I've got that self-awareness of who is in my corner who supports me and I, I try not to listen if anybody's got a negative thing to say then you know that's them that's them that's just their choice isn't it so says more about them than it does about me or whoever they're saying it about so yeah okay mm -hmm. that's perfect um what do you think has been the most challenging through all of the transitions um I think I think to begin with it, it was that unknown it was that unknown you know a little bit mm -hmm. of what am I going to do I don't have a clue what I'm going to do but then that turns into really positive stuff, you know, because you, you find yourself, you get to spend time thinking in great detail about what that might be, what that might look like. So there's been times that have been hard, you know, I, I essentially set up like many of us during when the pandemic is about to hit, you know what I mean? So, and I'd got one camp in business land and I'd got one camp in the health sector as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was crazy at the same time. Um, but I think I've enjoyed all of it. I like to try and find the nuggets of gold in not even the, the hard stuff, um, which we don't always see at the time. But I think when we look back and sift through them, there's lots of nuggets of gold in there that we can draw strength from yeah. for the future. Yeah. What do you think has been the most rewarding? I think finally showing up as myself. So and actually I didn't mention it then, but now I'm thinking about one of, one of the other biggest challenge was when we've got these corporate nine to five heads and hats that we're known for, and then we've got this spiritual side that we are at our core, I found merging them together to begin with 
kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I realized that I've always been that spiritual person anyway. I've always been that person. I've always been visualizing. Even when I was managing business support programs, I was still visualizing the outcome of a conference or, you know, all of this stuff. It's just that I wasn't sat in a boardroom saying, I'm having a divine download and we definitely shouldn't invest that amount of money that, you know, I was doing it behind the scenes. But when I when I finally started my business, it took me a while to merge those two, feel like I could merge those two together because I was I was maybe afraid of what other people would think of me. Um, mm-hmm. But the, as soon as I did do that, as soon as I started showing up as myself more, a lot of those barriers dropped. A lot of the clients that I didn't think were going to be clients started appearing, appearing. So I had lots of people who I've worked with with a different hat on started to come to me to work with me and I was like really shocked at first thinking but you don't know me for that <laughs> you don't know me with that hat on but they know you they know you know we don't yeah. we never know what people are thinking of us do we they know they knew who I was at my core but I just wasn't showing up as that person initially and as soon as I did that then it became a lot easier to generate income and to create things and to be more visible Definitely. yeah mm-hmm. um I like that because they, they had already trusted you. Yeah. And then you, you showed like more of who you really were and they were like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. And they probably had already seen like bits of that already within you. And just, um, as it came out, even truer, probably just resonated with them even more. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Always keep those doors open. I would say to anybody that's kind of pivoting from wherever they're going, keep those doors open with, past employees and clients and things because you just they could they're your biggest advocates I would say when you first getting started yeah so when you're working with clients like Mm one-on-one how I guess I'm just curious too like how do you go about working with them how do you do you have a lot of people who are familiar with visualization and all of that or are you starting with people who have never really heard of it or are just kind of dabbling a little bit in visualization it's a little bit of a mixture because um, we've all got, I think some people think visualization is like this magic thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. We've all got these, we've all got these imaginations um, and we're doing stuff all, you know, we're attracting stuff in our life all of the time, whether we're thinking about it or not. So it's like, I would say it's like practical spirituality, you know, it's not the woo woo stuff. It's the, you know, the science behind, you know, how we can create a life that we want. So it's a, it's a mixture of people that I work with, but um the way that I work with people in a one-to-one setting is first getting to understand what's really important to them. You know, what is their focus? What is it that they're, they're trying to create? And sometimes that can be a session in itself because people don't give themselves time to think about what their own personal vision and values are for themselves or for the business, if it's a business that they're running. Um, and then creating that vision in so much detail, you, using all of the senses and really bringing that to life um, and then anchoring that vision. Um, we create an action plan so you know that practical project management side of me um still thinks you know still see the benefits of action plans but um I see they are more practical so I used to get so frustrated as a project manager when you had to do risk logs and reports and all I wanted to really do was tick the stuff off my to-do list and get to where the end destination so we create an action plan that's actionable that you can work towards um, but I also like to use Oracle cards as well with my clients if they like to use, if they're open to that, because um, when we create a vision, sometimes it can be so far removed from where that person is right now 
and they'll be like, like, wow, that's amazing. I feel wonderful. I'm really feeling into this. But then immediately afterwards you get those, yeah, but how, how is that going to happen? Where's that resource going to come? Who am I going to find that person or this, whatever, to make that happen? So using Oracle cards sometimes in the moment is really good as a almost like a, a belief uh, releasing method because we can intuitively ask what's coming up. You know, if they've got initial questions, we can ask in the moment. So I, I really like to do that. But then it's about kind of staying on top, top of that vision, which is why I, I have the, the membership where we can where we can continue to work towards that goal day in, day out. And it starts to become more of a, a living, breathing kind of everyday to-do list, essentially. Uh, but we're always working towards that end goal. Very cool. And do you work with certain people for a certain length of time? Or is it like, is it all dependent on the person? How does that all work? Yeah, it really depends on the per person. So if you come into the membership, it's obviously a monthly ongoing um, mm -hmm. thing. So we have like mastermind calls and accountability calls and there's visualizations meditations all that kind of stuff in there all the time so that's an ongoing thing it could be that somebody just just really wants to nail their vision and anchor that vision and then get create that action plan and move forward so it could just be the one one session or it could be you know a bank yeah. of coaching sessions whatever um whatever is needed so yeah it does vary yeah okay very cool um and then tell me a little bit more about like your podcast where you where you share more about like the stories of people i believe yeah, so the, the Visualize You show, it's a little bit like your show, actually, in that I'm sharing the stories of people who have pivoted and changed direction. And I do that in the hope that it will inspire other people to do that, because I can talk about my journey and pivots, you know, till the cows come home. But yeah. it's hearing other people's stories. And I, I like to share, you know, not just people that have pivoted out of um, a job because they had a desire to do it, but people whose lives have changed because maybe they lost a partner or maybe they lost a child or you know maybe they were made redundant or some other crisis was going on and they found the strength in those moments mm -hmm. and 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 something changed because of that those things that creep up on us that we just weren't even planning for so it's just about sharing those stories really bringing that to life and um hoping people can find the strength in those stories to do it for themselves but i also do solo shows as well um, where I talk about visualization, law of attraction and spirituality and, and other stuff like that. So a bit of a mixed bag, but um, I really, I really love doing the podcast. Yeah. I, so that was really like why I started the podcast too, with interviewing people. Um, and I've talked a little bit about it in previous episodes where I want to showcase people who have made those pivots similar to like you had said, um, because when I was trying to make that pivot, I knew that I had support of like my family and everything, but it was just having that um, understanding or knowing that other people have gone through it or just turning to that, like to the other person and seeing like, okay, they did struggle. I know it's not going to be like this simple, easy, like uphill, like no challenges at all going on, but um, just knowing that other people had gone through what I potentially might be going through or knowing that there is positive things on the outcome of making that pivot mm -hmm. absolutely I, I mean there's nothing it's like my biggest mission in life is to stop people feeling unfulfilled like it, I, yeah. the feeling of feeling so sad and stuck I, I, I don't want anybody else to have to go through that for the same length of time that I did so if I can just help mm -hmm. 
a few hundred thousand, you know, maybe hundred thousand, I don't know, maybe millions of people, <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah. It would be, it would be wonderful. Even if it was just one person, I'd feel like I'd done something pretty amazing. So that's why yeah. But then it's like, <clears throat> even if you do help the one person, say it's one mom that you help pivot out of wherever they were into living a life that is more on their soul's purpose, mm -hmm. um, then you're affecting like, say their children or their friends. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a huge wave that happens yeah. when you start yeah. living a much happier life. And I just understanding like the brain and what happens when we're living in stress and fear and exhaustion and depression mm -hmm. um, is so unhealthy for our bodies. And I just can't imagine day in and day out, like continuing to live with that, like depression. No. So not going back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, perfect. Okay. So if you were to go back and tell your five-year-old self anything, is there anything you would tell her about what you know today? I, I you know, I want to go back and just ask her, I want her to tell, tell me stuff, you know, and I think I'd want to tell her that you were right, you know, because as a five-year-old, you know, I just had that initial visualization experience and I knew I was onto something and I could see that treadmill ahead of me of I have to go to school then I have to get a job then I have to get married and then I, at some point in the future I can retire and it, it was a horrible daunting thought you know being a child thinking that's where I'm heading mm -hmm. so I would say you you know I would say you you were right like you knew back then that you were supposed to do something different in the world so don't ever let go of that thought and maybe do it maybe do it a bit faster but um <laughs> or maybe not you know there's you know we're on the journey that we are and we are the fact that it's taken me the length of time it did and all of the stories that I've got on there hopefully are helping other people so mm -hmm. I wouldn't really change that but I would definitely you know tell her that you were you were right you were you were onto something you knew you knew what was going on in the grand scheme of things so well done yeah <laughs> Are there any good books or podcasts that you recommend? Well, apart from my own, obviously. So um, let me think. I've got, I mean, there's so many uh, podcasts I listen to. There's one that I'm listening to called um, I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha, which is, um, it's by a comedian in the in the UK called Lee Mack, who's quite big over here. And it's with okay. his friend. Uh, but it's kind of their journey into um, meditation and transcendental meditation as outsiders who've never done it before and it's just really interesting kind of the journey that they go on as these two kind of middle-aged guys who've never done this kind of thing before and it's it's quite it's funny but it's also you know kind of the journey that we all go on when we first kind of get into spirituality so it's quite fun if anybody likes that kind of thing yeah spirituality and comedy <laughs> Who knew? yeah I haven't heard of that one um so I'll have to take a look at that podcast uh -huh. I love listening to other podcasts um so I kind of have been flowing different ones too but yeah that one okay, sounds like cool. a good one <laughs> um any other piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with I think you know just if you've got a dream in your heart, then you have to create that vision and you have to go for it. You can't ignore those whispers forever because in my experience, they get louder and louder until you can't physically do anything. Um, they get so loud. So if you've got whispers, if there's something calling you to do something different, create that vision, create that action plan and keep moving towards it. Even if it's incremental steps, even if it's sideways moves to get you there, it's all heading in the right direction for you so just take a leap of faith on you yourself and and do it <laughs> oh perfect that was 
Amazing. And where can that, where can people find you on um, social media or online? So I am a podcast visualize you with an S cause I'm in the UK. Um, you can find me on Facebook uh, and Instagram uh, at visualize you. And my website is bethhewitt.com and my membership is visualize and thrive.com. So lots of different links there, uh, but uh, yeah, you can find me and I'll look forward to connecting with people. Perfect. And I'll link all of those up in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Beth, for jumping on today. You're welcome. It's been great to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. If you'd like to connect more, reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Jen Forstner and make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast so that you're always up to date with what's going on. Thank you.